Uh, but I, I just want to welcome you here. I just especially want to tell you a Merry Christmas and what a way to celebrate it. And in a few moments together, we'll celebrate it with the lighting of candles and the, the singing of, of Silent Night, which is our traditional thing to do. Well, it was a number of months ago that, that Karen and I, along with a group of people from our church, that were actually in Bethlehem. And for me, it was one of those most meaningful parts of the trip when we went into Bethlehem and we saw the place where Jesus was born. We, we saw the manger. We saw the, the shepherd's field. And the shepherd's field, when you see it for yourself, you realize what an unbelievable place it was for the shepherds there that night on, on that Christmas morning. And so I just want to read for you the story out of Luke chapter 2, verse 8, all the way through 14, and then going to make a few statements of the, the statements that the angels made to the shepherds. And I think we need those same statements in the times in which we live as well. And so here's what the scripture says. It's going to come up on the screen, I think, behind me. But here's what it says. It says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood above them, before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, so here's the first statement, Do, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy, that, 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 of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. And you will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. So this was the message. This was the message from the shepherd, from the angel to the shepherds. And I think these four statements that he made to the shepherds, we need these four statements today in the times in which we live as well. And the first thing that the angel proclaimed to them was this statement of, don't be afraid. You see, when you look at the shepherd's time and you look at the, the, the seasons and the, the culture in which they, they lived, there was much for them to be afraid of. And they were shepherds which is like the, the lowest career, the lowest profession, but they were living in, in, in Palestine. And so the Romans were ruling at the, at the time, and the Roman soldiers at any moment could arrest them, could even execute them or put them to death, and nothing would happen to the Roman soldiers. And so the shepherds that night were guarding their flocks, and they were uh, against thieves and against, against predators and other things. And when the angel appeared to them, the first thing the angel said to them was, don't be afraid. And they were living in a fearful time, and some say we're living in a fearful time as well, right? Uh, some, some people out of our church told us that, that their little first grader was in a, in a Christmas play a couple of years back, and, and so he was an angel, and he had one line, it is I, do not be afraid. It is I, do not be afraid. So his mom and dad, they worked with him really hard on the way to school and home and uh, back home and in the home. It is I, don't be afraid. It is I, don't be afraid. And so the moment came in the play when their little son, their first grader, stepped out. And I, they don't know if it was the lights. They don't, want to, don't know if it was a microphone or all the people. And all of a sudden, he said, it is me, and I'm scared to death. And so... <laughs> And you know what? We're living in a time, and some of us, we may be able to say that because there's a lot to be frightened about today with the international conflict and the war in the Ukraine, uh, political unrest, inflation and crime and conflict in families, conflict in communities and illness. fact is, a psychologist for Mayo Clinic just recently made this statement and said, anxiety is the official emotion of our age. 
And the angel stepped out to the shepherds and said to them the same thing that he would say to us, do not be afraid. Jesus Christ, a Savior, has been born. And he doesn't promise us that we're not going to have pain, and he doesn't promise us that we're not going to go through difficult circumstances. For Jesus told us, you will have problems, you will have trouble, but take heart. Don't be afraid, for I have overcome the world. And Jesus promised that he would be with us regardless of what we walk through. I really love that sign or that plaque that I saw a number of years ago. It just simply said this, Lord, help me to remember that nothing is going to happen me to, to today that you and I cannot handle together. And so the first thing that the angel told them was do not be afraid. The second thing he said is I proclaim to you good news. I proclaim to you good news in a time in which they live and in a time in which we live. There's a, there's a lot of bad news, right? Fact is, as an illustration, I actually, about a week, 10 days ago, I just started in my phones, just started jotting down like the national and local headlines. What were the headlines that were taking uh, priority in our time and in our city and our world? And so I got through the list, and just recently I looked back over it to use it an illustration. I decided not to use it. It's just way too depressing, right? I, I will give you a little bit of good news. Uh, it is reported that the Hallmark Channel has thinks they have discovered a second place plot for their movies. And so my wife told me, do not say that for all you Hallmark fans. So sorry. <laughs> but the angel said, today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you, who is the Messiah, who is the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. I've wondered. I wonder if that was a letdown for the shepherds. I bring you good news. A Savior has been born to you today, the Messiah. I just wonder if the shepherds are thinking, you know what, good news for us would be a better job. Good news for us would be more money. Good news for us would be, would, would, would be a promotion. Good news for us would be a difficult, different situation. Good news for us would be the Romans would de be defeated. Good news for us is that we'd finally have political power. But no, good news for you. Because the Savior, the Messiah, has been born. Their deliverance was going to be spiritual. And we need to understand the message of Christmas. Now, I've really thought about this illustration. I just really hate to admit this. I have Karen's permission. But my wife, Karen, is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. You've heard it here first. This is the first. I know, I know. So I'm a Cowboys fan, so you should be glad now. And so here while back, we were watching the, we were watching the Kansas City Chiefs-Texan game, and, and, and the game had already happened. We had recorded it. Uh, we knew who won. We knew that the Chiefs had won in, in overtime. And so, but we weren't able to see it because of our scheduled church or something like that. We got home late. We decided to watch it, and so we're sitting there watching the, the Texans and the, and the Chiefs, and the Texans are ahead. And like in, in the third quarter, Karen's like sitting on the end of, edge of her seat. It's kind of funny. And she's sitting on the edge of her seat, and she's like, I am so nervous. I am just so nervous. I know, I know the Chiefs win in overtime. I just don't know how. I just can't understand how they're going to do this. It doesn't look good. Maybe that is what we're dealing with today. 
We've read the end of the Bible, and we've heard it said, right? We read the end of the Bible in, the, in Revelations. Guess what? We win. Jesus is coming back in all of his glories to put his enemies under his feet. But I wonder what our struggle is, is we just don't know how. I mean, it seems like it's getting bleaker and bleaker and darker and darker. That's why we've started this, just this, this prayer. We started ending our prayers, and I think it's going to come up on the screen. Trusting now, here it is, trusting now that your son who came at Christmas will come again in glory. We need to remind ourselves of that. Could you say that with me? Can we just try to, like, like, just say that together? You guys ready? Because I think we need that. I think we need to hear that today, and I think we need to be reminded of that. So let's just try it together. Trusting now that your son who came at Christmas will come again in glory. Let's say it one more time like you mean it, okay? You guys ready? Trusting now that your son who came at Christmas will come again in glory. See, we know we win because we have the Bible, we have the book of Revelation, but I think sometimes what just gets us down is we just don't know how. It seems like it's getting, it seems like we're headed into overtime, and it seems like the odds are stacked against us, but I want to remind you of this, that maybe he has brought you here to this Christmas Eve service to remind you that guess what? One day, Jesus Christ is coming again, and guess what? He's going to put all of his enemies under his feet, and we can trust him. And so the angel said, do not be afraid. I proclaim to you good news. And then he says, great joy for who? Great joy for all the people. Sometimes around Christmas, and I get it, I understand that, we felt this. Sometimes around Christmas, there can be sadness. It can be a loss. It can be a difficult time. You, you, can, you can be a divorce, an empty chair at the table. Children are out of the house. That's kind of that's where we are. All of our kids are, they're out of the house. And, and um, our youngest daughter, Amanda, married, uh, married Pete. He's, Pete's from Maine. And for many years, they lived in Colorado Springs, and everything was in perfect harmony. Then here a while back, Pete moves our daughter and grandchildren back to Maine. And so we really loved him up to that point. <laughs> and I say that because they're live streaming. And so there's going to be a little bit of sadness. They're, they're, they're live streaming the Christmas Eve service. We'll, we'll FaceTime with them in the morning as we open presents together. And sometimes, sometimes Christmas can bring sadness. And there's some of you, I, I greeted you on the way in. I know what you're carrying. I know what you're walking through. I know what you're dealing with. And sometimes... Christmas can bring loss and it can bring sadness. And, but in the midst of that, in the midst of that, the angel told the shepherds, don't be afraid. I proclaim to you great news with great joy. And sometimes, if we're honest, Christmas can bring conflict and controversy as families come together, right? I mean, I, I can create a little bit of it right now, right? I mean, let's, let's, let's just do this. Uh, so how many of you are live tree or fake tree? <laughs> right? I mean, it, how many of you are open presents on Christmas Eve, open presents on Christmas Day people? I mean, it can just create conflict. 
How many of you are eggnog people and spiked eggnog people? Let's, <laughs> let's don't do that. I could just say Baptist or Catholic, so let's don't do that. <laughs> and so maybe Christmas isn't perfect for you. But the angel says, the angel says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I proclaim to you good news with great joy for all the people. See, there's difference between happiness and joy. He didn't say great happiness. He said great joy. Happiness depends on happenings. Happiness depends on circumstances. But when you look at joy, joy is deep, deeper. Joy is constant. It depends on a relationship with God. Trust is for, de- for today. Hope is for the future. And when you look at Jesus' life, Jesus didn't have ideal circumstances either. And right before the cross, he got the, he got the disciples together, and he told them about the cross. And then he simply told them this. He says, I, I, I say these things. I say these things that your joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. And when you look at this issue, Jesus was talking about this inward, this inward joy. So the angels told the shepherd, I proclaim to you good news with great joy. And so hope is for the future. We have hope of eternal life as believers. An attitude, an attitude of joy towards our situations and towards our circumstances that's why that prayer and ending the prayer, and when Karen and I have started doing this around Christmas time, trusting now that your son who came at Christmas will come again in all of his glory. And I just want you to know God is working, and God is working through your circumstances. And sometimes when you don't think he's working, that's when he's working the most. And if you're not experiencing joy this Christmas, I, I just want you to know that he, he wants to help you. He doesn't rejoice if you're lonely. He doesn't rejoice if you're sad. He doesn't rejoice if you're depressed. He doesn't rejoice if you're discouraging or discouraged or struggling. I mean, does it, does it make you happy when you look at your children and your children are lonely or your children are sad or your children are depressed or your children are discouraged? And God has brought a message of good news with great joy for all the people. In Luke chapter 2, verse 12, he says, Today in the city of David, the Savior has been born, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. And you will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Because there was, there was no room in the end, right? I really think that later on, just maybe, just maybe, that innkeeper had a wished he had made room for Jesus in the, in the end. I think there's some of us that could say over the course of our life, I wish I had made more room for Jesus in my life, for Jesus in my heart. And Jesus sometimes finds no place in our hearts because there's no room. Because we fill our hearts and our lives with all kinds of other things. And the last thing that the angel said is, it's just glory to God. Just glory to God. Look at this in verse 13 and 14. He said, suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel 
praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. It's a really interesting story, but on December the 24th, 1906, something happened that had never happened before. And that, and that is sailors at the time had never heard a voice over a little electronic vo- box that we now call a radio. Up until that point, they, they only heard sounds, a, a, a Morris code. But on that day, on the Christmas Eve of 1906, for the very first time transmitted, they, they heard a voice. And that voice said, glory to God in the highest on, on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. The first words that were ever spoken over the little electronic box, the first words that are ever spoken over a radio were Scripture, some of the most important, some of the most greatest words of Scripture. And so when you look at this, you realize that the angel made these declarations, um, don't be afraid. I proclaim to you good news with great joy. And then all of a sudden, at the fourth one, this host of angels, this multitude of angels gathered around, and they gathered around, and they started saying over and over, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest. And they fell down, and they worshiped him. Have you ever wondered why? Have you ever wondered at that point, part. I mean, they, they had worshiped God before, and they knew that God had, had made creation and created the earth and the stars and the heaven and the sun and the moon. I mean, we know, we know, right, that this world is so, especially this universe, is so finely tuned that if you alter it just a little bit, that we could not live and we could not exist on planet earth. And when you look at it, you realize it's not that way by accident. I mean, remember when they told us that we all started from like a single cell and that at the origin of the species, a natural selection, and it was just really simple. We just started from a a, a single cell and it just happened that way kind of by accident. Until recently, many years ago, they, they disproved that when they discovered that in that single cell, there's enough information to fill, to fill 12 encyclopedias. Who put that there? Well, it's simple. It's not simple. Who put that information there? God did. And now the angels knew that and they had worshiped him. But now they fall down on the ground and worship him because it's one thing to create a universe to put the stars and the heavens in place. But it's another, it's another thing to give your one and only son to a world that didn't even want him. The innkeeper didn't even make room for him. him. And they're singing glory to God in the highest. And he was given for you and for me. And that's why the angels fell face down on the ground and worshiped him. Wherever you're at, and I don't know where you're at, I have prayed over and over this last week that God would help me apply this Christmas message to your life. I pray that you wouldn't be like the innkeeper and that you wouldn't make room for him in your heart, but that you would make room for him in your heart. And I can't get into your life, and I don't know where you're at, and I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know Jesus is waiting for you. Emmanuel, God is with us and born to you is a Savior, trusting now your son, 
who came at Christmas will come again in all of his glory. Just like the first time when he came, the times were dark. And just like the next time when he comes again, the times will be dark. And if you're here tonight, I just pray. I just pray that you would open up your heart. If you haven't accepted him, that you would open up your heart and you would just accept him. Our worship team is going to come out as we sing one last worship song, and then we're going to light candles together. But here's what they were saying over 3,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago that I want to remind you of that can literally change your life. That if you were to die tonight and you were to go to heaven, and you were to stand at the gates, and the angel would come out and say, why should I let you into heaven? And if you answered that question in the first person, you have missed the power of the gospel. If you answer that in the first person and say, it is because of I, it is because of what I have done, it is because I have done some good things, it is because I have gone to church, it is because I have, have done some religious things. No, it is not in the first person. It is in the third person. It is because of it is because of him. It is because of what he has done for us on the cross. Because of that, we have forgiveness of sin, and we have newness of life, and we have the promise of eternal life. It is because of him. That is the gospel. That is what the gospel means. That is the proper answer that guides us through life. One last time, and then we're going to worship I want to read that again. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be the sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with an angel praising God saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace. Father, may we comprehend this Christmas story. May we understand that he came for us to enter in a relationship, that we would enter in a relationship with him and have forgiveness of sin and newness of life, for that's why we celebrate Christmas. So, Father, may we understand how much you love us, trusting now in your son who came at Christmas and who will come again in all of his glory. Amen.